0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good morning, all of you. Today, I would like to talk about meeting our thoughts with mindfulness. Actually, I had difficulty to find out what I can talk about with this book group, actually. You had such a wonderful teachers. <laughs> so what am I going to talk? They haven't heard about? <laughs> really, actually, this is a f- probably the first time when i'm I I'm, I'm, I'm tried to think about what to talk about. <laughs> but I came up with something this morning, actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somebody asked me, what are you going to talk about? I said, I don't know. <laughs> so this morning I thought to talk about uh, thoughts because I found out in my practice, time and again, as soon as I wake up, there I am, there I am with thoughts. You know, maybe anger, you can talk about anger. I was talking about uh, this topic at the East Bay Meditation Center. You can talk about pain. But usually we don't wake up with anger or pain. <laughs> but the first thing I realized in my experience as soon as I wake up, thoughts there, planning. <laughs> Because I have one year and a half schedule of teaching around the world, Australia, England, Mexico, from here I'm going to Spirit Rock, then after that Mexico, then Uganda, then this. So I think, actually, I don't know whether you think a lot, <laughs> but I tend to plan where I'm going. <laughs> so uh, then I say, let me talk about thinking. Maybe you are also saying the same boat. Maybe not. <laughs> so if you are planning to think, <laughs> or if you're already a compulsive thinker, <laughs> So I think this this talk is for you. It's going to be short, right? <laughs> now, thoughts. Uh, in the United States, I think people like to get good food for the body, isn't it? When they they are very careful. Actually, this country and also Europe. Actually, they are very particular what they eat. In this country. <laughs> Uh, vegetarian, and vegetarian and non-dairy, and uh, vegan, and all these. In Uganda, it's amazing, you know. I haven't seen somebody who's vegan. <laughs> 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 I don't know. But it's amazing. So uh, I think here we are very selective of what we eat. And then that's good for our body. You know, we take care of the body. I found out that there's also another dimension to this. About the thoughts, are we really selective with the thoughts, or we just think randomly? I don't know about you. Sometimes I find myself thinking randomly, not selecting what I want to think. Right. Yet thoughts is the food for the mind, while the physical food you are, you, you eat is a, the the, the mm-hmm. it provide, provides the nutrition for the body. So thoughts provides nutrition for the mind. And it was very clear for me when I was teaching in a prison, I think a couple of days ago. Yeah, three days ago, I was asked to teach in a prison in Salono? Solano? Solano? Soledad? Yes. Soledad? Sole, Solano. Yes, yeah, Solano. Some. S-O-L-A-N-O. I don't know whether Spanish or. Yes, I was teaching there uh, in a prison. And I was so touched, actually, uh, by the The there. He said that. Uh, He's Jewish, he's Jewish, and he, he didn't know about meditation at all. And he came to the prison, and then he found somebody, and this person gave him ba- mattress, clothes. Other inmates were not giving him anything. <laughs> I said, what's, what, what's amazing, this guy who's giving me all these things? In other words, he had the thoughts of generosity, which is part of, part of the right thought. And uh, what happened is they separated for a while. And then after 20 years, <laughs> this guy learned about Buddhist meditation, went to Zen center. And then they came back and uh, reunited after 20 years. Both of them were meditators. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. This guy really was so much attracted to the generosity. And he got to know that he was practicing Buddhism and, And then, uh, now, both of them, I met them. (laughs) It was amazing. Now, another thing, this man, uh, during another session, one person told me that uh, meditation has helped him so much. But he said, it's not only me, but also when we go out in a courtyard, when we're eating, it affects also other people, other inmates who are not buddhist who don't meditate. So he said, he really said that actually it's, it, it's helping even the whole prison because once they meditate, they go with a different vibe, you know. And for me, that wasn't new, but it was great to see uh, the prisoners talking about it because there's a movie I saw before I became a monk. It's called, what, the bleep, quantum physics? Mm-hmm. Yes, they say they, they brought 100 meditators uh, to Washington, D.C., and crime rate reduced from... Uh, 50% to 25%. And it was this Zen monk who was chanting and then water uh, changed the atomic structure. So I said, wow, that's uh, how powerful the thoughts are. In fact, the Buddha said, what you think is what you are. So all that motivated me to talk about thoughts. Right? (laughs) So now uh, thoughts, as we know probably already from your teaching you've had before, they arise from the six senses. Whenever you see something, a visible object. There's a, what we call eye consciousness, for instance. Then uh, there is contact. There's a designated contact and the, uh, then uh, impingement contact. That's one of them. If the mind um, is is the one which is involved, then uh, it's a different contact. But anyway, there's contact then after that there's feelings and perception then the thoughts. And then if you're not mindful enough, we go into some area which is very strange. It's called papancha. Have you heard this term, papancha? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. It's called, uh, people say adding on. My teacher Bante Gunaratana say it's delaying enlightenment. You delay enlightenment. (laughs) It makes sense, actually, because you know when you're really wandering here and there, you don't even think about thoughts of uh, generosity and all that. You are just lost in your dream. In other words, a mental movie, right? And then, uh, then, papancha, and then you start getting lost. Actually, thoughts, they start pricking you. You really suffer on because of your thoughts and because you're not mindful of them. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but we can see for our life in their life, where are we most of the time? Are we lost in the past and the future? Actually, there's no problem with thinking, knowing the thought process. There's no problem. The problem is getting caught up in the thoughts. Yes. So you are really lost. It's kind of a chaos. It's like, you know, when you're driving? and then there's no traffic jam, there's no problem, right? You just keep on cruising. You can put on a cruise button. <laughs> but the problem if you are really in a parking lot, you know, you are pretty much in a parking lot when you have traffic jam, right? So your cars are really <laughs> stuck, basically, in a traffic jam. That's a problem. <laughs> so I think uh, when I reflect in my life, I see a lot of uh, traffic jam when I'm thinking. A lot of traffic jam, you know? Emotion, commotion, and, and then you cannot even go as as you like, you know. So now, the good thing the Buddha gave some methods that I can remind you, I know you have done this already, uh, in Vitaka Santana Sutta, in Majmanikaya, how to deal with destructive thoughts. But if, before I go there, I'd like to tell you something that there's a book by, uh, by Sonia. I think is a professor from UC Berkeley. The book is called The How of Happiness. Have you read this book? Yes, yes. It's a great book, actually. Even like recently, I was teaching at Stanford, I saw it. She said that she uh, he made a scientific research for the first time, actually, to find out why people are unhappy. And guess what? The reason why we are unhappy is not because we don't have money, it's not because we don't have uh, friends and lovely ones and all that, is overthinking. Overthinking. illumination <laughs> every time. <laughs> so I'd like you to reflect that. I know you have studied many suttas and all this you have practiced, but the reality check is really every day. <laughs> check where you are. From time to time, you really want to find out a template where you are. Are your thoughts connected to greed or generosity? Are your thoughts con- connected to uh, anger or loving kindness or compassion? Are your thoughts connected to uh, confusion and delusion or uh, co- clarity or, or, uh, or understanding and wisdom? Or are your thoughts connected to f- fear or uh, are connected to courage and confidence? So if you have that template, from time to time, even you can walk with it. So any thought comes, you pull out your template. <laughs> now you know where you are. <laughs> See, now, in fact, people do many retreats, and I tell them there's a retreat you can really do <laughs> in their life <laughs> until you go for another retreat. But in their life, you can really actually uh, work with that template. So if you find out to yourself that, okay, your thoughts are now uh, connected with loving kindness, compassion, generosity, and uh, wisdom, and understanding, and courage, and confidence, then you are retre- uh, you're on a retreat. To that extent, you're on a retreat. Yeah? Moment, moment, retreat. <laughs> Until you wait to, uh, to, go, to go for a weekend, <laughs> or 10 days retreat, or even one month, or three months. You can go for those formal retreats, but for me, living in day life, I see as... A, a time to practice, not to wait and postpone, oh, I can't, wow, I cannot meditate, I'm very busy, I have a job, I have this, I can't meditate, I'll wait until I go for retreat. For me, <laughs> uh, I, I, didn't, I wasn't born as a monk, uh, in case it's not obvious. So, <laughs> <laughs> I struggled a lot with my practice, actually. A lot of struggle (laughs) until I went to uh, some teacher and then told me that, you know, this has to be in their life. You have to do it from moment to moment. And we can do it. As you have heard from your teachers, that meditation is not brain surgery. (laughs) Actually, mindfulness is not brain surgery. What is very difficult is to remember to be mindful. So, if you actually get a lot of things to remind you, maybe a steering wheel, you put there mindfulness, a dead keeps duke away, eh? (laughs) (laughs) on a steering wheel, I think that would be very helpful. I was living at Bavana Society, and people are forgetting these cell phones, and on a steering, they put there right at the steering wheel, don't go without a cell phone. (laughs) And that changed a lot. So if you do that and you put everywhere signs of mindfulness, eh? <laughs> keeping in check with your, your thoughts and uh, speech and actions, I think that would be great. As uh, Andrea talked about, that I'm t- I also I teach at uh, Mississippi, I taught this moment-to-moment or minute meditation to a judge who is a Southern Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> And another one was the pre-minister was about to get uh, ordained. I mean, the pre-minister, the the one who was about to ordain, he said, you know, I like meditation. And many things Buddhists say is very similar to what I'm studying in Christianity, but I love Jesus, but I will apply something. (laughs) And the judge said, you know, how to order the Buddha statue. (laughs) Because she thought she's going to apply this in her court sessions. For me, it was very powerful to get that feedback. I said, you know, just meditate a minute. <laughs> just every time check where you are. Are you on the other side of the coin or on the other side? You know, you can't do that, actually. You can't do it. Now, this is what uh, also I got in the prison. Uh, it was a Muslim at the end of the se- my session. I mean, the, the session from the Muslim uh, session. They came to my meditation. One Muslim there. I uh, came at the end I said, oh, you know what, you talk makes sense to me, brother, so how can I meditate? I said, okay, this is how to do it. He said, huh, I can do like this? I said, say, say yes. So even the Muslim inmate is going to take up this practice. It will be very interesting next year when I go there to see whether it's really meditating because I've taught a Muslim to meditate if I, when I, I bring this practice in their day life because everybody thinks, everybody speaks and act. So I, I start from the thoughts because everybody thinks. So problem most people think that meditation is to empty your, thought, your mind and you, there's no thinking anymore. So in other words, people think that you just... You, in fact, that's their goal. You just meditate and all of a sudden, kaput, no more thoughts. <laughs> In other words, you become a vegetable, <laughs> very peaceful like that. Well, most of the icons of meditation actually seems so. They look like that. Somebody in Himalaya like this, as if they have no thoughts. You know, you have all these role models of meditation. They look as if they have no thoughts. <laughs> but you don't know what's going on. Even <laughs> when you are meditating here as a group, you see wonderful yogis like this. You think, hey, maybe they don't have thoughts. Maybe I'm the one who's going through all these thoughts. But you have no clue. <laughs> so, I mean, long story short, <laughs> is actually pay attention to your thoughts. Right? Pay attention to your thoughts. Okay, if you are the person who is overthinking, here is some pra- <coughs> practice. So, <clears throat> first thing, make thoughts the o- the, your, your object of meditation. So, like, thought arises, you become your thinking, 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 thinking. Not thinking, 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 no, no. It it, it has to be a soft mental note. Like 98% your direct experience, and maybe 2% as a tool to stay connected, to stay on a track that actually you are mindful of the thought. So thinking, thinking, thinking. And then try to see the emotional background. That's step number two. See the emotional background. What's going on? Uh, as you're thinking, maybe there's some kind of fear. Maybe there's aversion. Maybe some uh, anger. Maybe some attachment. So then uh, you can now start noting. Mentally noting, there's aversion, maybe fear, or uh, then attachment to your thoughts, and all these things. So that's the next step. So now, the third step, you want also to actually to have a a proper attitude, so that you are not actually noting thoughts to go away, because that's most of the time people, what they do, because they are tormented by their thoughts, so whenever they actually become mindful of their thoughts, there is that inclination, that leaning forward, okay, you know, if I make maybe three mental notes, they'll be kaput, I'll be very peaceful, so then, what happens? As they're mindful of the thoughts, actually they're keeping their thoughts there. they kind of they kind of have an overlay over the knot that okay, uh, there's a magic button. Okay, as soon as I note, maybe ten times, they'll be gone. So then they stay actually caught up in a, their thoughts, right? So then there's other kind of thoughts, right? That's in general because people wa- like to think just about anything under the sun. Right? But if you're the person who's uh, like thinking like that, that might help. But the other thoughts, they're called judgmental thoughts. Right? Is that familiar to you? <laughs> yes, comparing. <laughs> I think that's so most of the time what we're doing. Eh? Yeah, this is bad, this is good, bad drivers, are good drivers, a good yogi, bad yogi. <laughs> I mean, that's ongoing on. <laughs> but I found out a kind of a mantra that is very helpful. For that kind of mindset because also I used to do this kind of thing. Yes, so I have a, a little bit of a mantra eh, that helps me a lot. I say, uh, when I, every time there's a judging moment, I just say, mind your business or my, mind my business, right? <laughs> mind your business. <laughs> I don't actually get into other business, people's business. And also mind my business. I try to mind my business. If it's working, I just stay with it working. I'm not caring what other people are, are doing, all right? But uh, we have to be also very careful because also, uh, uh, as I say, meditation over Buddhism is not like passive, right? It's very also active. You, you want to be judicious, right? So there's no problem actually actually being judicious. That means you are not biased, Judgmental mind is biased of greed, hatred, and delusion, and fear. But when you are judicious, that means you are discerning, you are making informative decisions and uh, uh, comments about something, right? So you're you're not just, oh, keep quiet, I I shouldn't make judgment. No, no. You can substitute a judgmental mind by a judicious mind, whereby actually you are really talking what's going on, what's true, you know, uh, uh, without bias. Right. Now, um, another thing is uh, the the teaching on karma, the law of karma, is that uh, uh, if you see somebody doing something, so uh, finally it's their karma. They're going to get the effect. So you shouldn't get bothered about people, you know. Then if you know that you have your own karma and it's their own karma, you can reflect along those lines. I know that you know this teaching already. I'm not going to tell you all this, what it, it, it entails. I don't know whether you believe in the law of karma, but I think it's very helpful because what people are doing, they're the ones who are going to get the results, not us. But you have to be very caref- careful when you're driving. If somebody's really a bad driver, don't say, oh, it's the law of karma, and then you stay in the road. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> not very wise. <laughs> So, yes, you have to be judicious and then, uh, of course, go away from bad drivers and then drive, uh, be a cautious driver. Now, I have also to leave time for question and answer session, but let us go through the sutta real quick. I know you know the discourse. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough time. <laughs> okay. The Buddha talk about five ways of actually uh, dealing with destructive thoughts. Right? Now, I call this kind of uh, sutta a, a very, very powerful discourse if you have a problem with thinking. <laughs> Especially lost thoughts. Right? Every time you are lost in blind alleys of thoughts. So, uh, the Buddha even said that if you can apply this and uh, practice according to Vitaka Santana Sutta, you become a master of your thoughts. How about waking up one day and you're a master of your thoughts? You just think whatever you want to think. Isn't it? Like you, you go to Walmart and you just buy what you want to buy. (laughs) 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 It would be great, actually. (laughs) Okay. The first technique is called uh, replacement, substituting your thoughts. So if you are thinking about anger, you substitute it with thoughts of loving kindness. If you're thinking about all the time confusion, then you substitute it with thoughts of wisdom and understanding, right? Thoughts of wisdom. If it's always thinking about fear and fear about being uh, fear, and then you substitute it with thoughts of confidence and courage. Yeah, I was one time giving a talk at Cambridge, I think someone on the internet, I, I landed on a Uh, The definition of fear, not according to Buddhism, but it was an acronym. Fear is false evidence appearing real. For me, that was great. (laughs) Because I can see, one time I went to Thailand to meditate uh, uh, in a cemetery (laughs) because I wanted to see the ghost. I'm a monk. I I say, okay, you know, in Africa, they tell me about ghosts. And every time I ask somebody whether they have seen a ghost, they'd say, oh, no, I've never seen it, but somebody told me about it. So I always want to go to the source. I had never found somebody who had first hand experience of seeing a ghost. Now, uh, I think five years ago, I went to Thailand on the United Nations Conference. Uh, then I, I went to Ubon. Uh, it's called Wat Pananacha. And then I said, I'd like to see a ghost. <laughs> then the monks said, Come along with me. It took me to a, a cemetery where they don't bury people or cremate, just they just put them just on a few, in, few feet uh, in the ground. So I was there at around 10 p.m. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, I imagined a lot of tigers. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see ghosts, but it's it's amazing how my imagination went to tigers and lions. After reading this book of uh, Ajahn Mahabur, it's called Mahabur. Those monks would meditate and tigers come and say, I thought they are going to come, actually. (laughs) So fear is false evidence appearing real. And there are many thoughts around that. I don't know about you, fear. Is it something that is familiar to you? Alright, so that's the first technique, and then the second one is called re- reflection. You reflect, uh, uh, when it, whenever you have thoughts, you start reflecting. Oh, you know, these thoughts are dangerous. Whenever I think, uh, it, actually, thoughts undermine your health. Yes, in fact, this Lama in fact, say that uh, anger, let's say if you have thoughts of anger, you say that the thoughts of anger is one letter, which is D, eh? short of danger. <laughs> you know, you put D after <laughs> before anger, you get danger. <laughs> so whenever you are actually thinking and the uh, thoughts are raging of uh, aversion or anger, you know that y- <laughs> you are in danger <laughs> zone, danger zone, try to go back and then <laughs> see how things go and get out of that zone. Reflection also it means, of course, uh, it should be from your experience, actually, the way you reflect. Also, they defile your mind. Your mind, they defile your mind. Every time you think about thoughts of aversion, you become uptight, the mind gets defiled. That means next time that thought arises, it will be stronger. Then also, they degrade. Like thoughts of anger, they degrade you. Nobody wants to be somebody who's angry all the time, actually. That's what we call degradation. You lose your status. People who love you, they stop loving you, in other words. Not so much unless you're stuck with them, but I'm telling you if they, uh, they're a little bit of a fur, your friends, they try to keep a distance. They maybe come on a reunion only. <laughs> they don't frequent you, in other words. Mm, be, then the second technique is called redirection. You redirect your mind. Whenever a thought of anger rises or uh, uh, desire, you come back with breath you come back to a safe refuge, let's say the body. You take a few deep breaths. And then you actually redirect your mind. In the Sutta they say ignoring, but I don't want to use the word ignoring. Because ignoring it means that you don't care. But it, for me I know that if I redirect my mind, then I'm I'm doing something wholesome. I'm putting my mind somewhere which is wholesome. The fourth technique is called retracing. I'm using my own words, actually, but the same meaning in the sutra. So in other words, while reflection was forward-looking, uh, retracing is actually going backwards. Why am I the one who's always angry and all people having good time? Eh? <laughs> then you start really find out, find out the springboards. Springboards, right? say uh, is more always the person who think about fear, where this fear comes from. Fear comes from aversion. Where does aversion come from? It comes from craving. You know, anger is always actually frustrated desire. So whenever actually you have a lot of anger, then you know there's some kind of desire which is frustrated, right? So you go backwards, why am I the person who is actually trying to push away things? Then it's because of ignorance. I'm trying to ignore things. Uh, So so you go backwards a little bit. Then you actually, you really find out uh, that the thoughts actually are losing grip. They lose their grip. Then lastly, it's called resolution. You make a resolve, not, uh, the, not the thoughts become your master. So they shouldn't keep on leading you around like this. So my friends, I wish I had more time. I hope you have five techniques under your belt. <laughs> 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 Try to be a selective thinker. Thank you very much. Let us sit for a moment or two, then we have a Q&A. Take a deep, slow breath. Letting go of the past and the future, relax. Having seen that all beings, like oneself, have a desire for happiness, one methodically develops loving kindness, for all beings. <laughs> right. Thank you very much for your attention, and I for this for your reflection. Really thank you. So, time for questions. of oh, five minutes. <laughs> you for these enlightening uh, words I, I didn't realize I, I apply some of what you said without having known that uh, to try to, to escape from a, a difficult thought I was wondering about the thoughts that don't arise from the mind but that may sometimes come from pain or or the body itself and something relatable is like a heart palpitation or a stabbing pain in the stomach um, how to control that burst of, of a thought that is more physiological uh, and that triggers this wave in the in the, in the mind uh, right can can these techniques be used in such a sort of uh, instantaneous wave of, of uh, a moment right, actually, you ask a very good question actually, uh, but uh, I would like to to uh, to talk about your word control if you want to be a control freak <laughs> when thought arises you you be in a lose-lose situation. You mentioned the word, how do you control the thoughts? I would substitute, how do you work skillfully with the thoughts? That's another thing about controlling, because we're so much used to control what we don't like, right? So if we can actually put it that way, that's very helpful. Actually, thank you very much for asking this thing. Uh, I had already... Uh, planned actually, to talk about that. <laughs> yes, it was part of my plan, but we know there was not a time. I, I had to make you do standing meditation, uh, <laughs> and then I lost time there and there. so and uh, well, actually that 's part of the, my talk. I was going to tell you about uh, when you, you practice mindfulness and be aware of the emotional background. I was going to go uh, into the area like sometime as a thought arises, they trigger certain emotion. When you have pain, and then the emotion arises. And then when the emotion arises, then you start thinking. So it's then thinking about thinking, then you get caught up. So these thoughts, uh, I, mean, I mean these techniques, also work. Uh, and I started with the first technique, which is mindfulness of the thought themselves. In other words, whenever there's any th- a thought, the first thing you have to do is to make it the subject of I mean the object of your meditation. It doesn't matter where it come from, who is the parent of that thought, <laughs> the ancestor of the thought. When, if you feel it's a thought, mindfulness is the key. <laughs> the rest of the techniques I gave, I've given you, when it's repetitive, in other words, you are getting into compulsive, obsessive thinking. Right? It, 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 that's why the Buddha say uh, how to overcome destructive thoughts. It's a, every time it's the same thoughts, the same thought day in, day out, day in and out. And you actually become a prey of your thoughts. So they need to apply those techniques in that actually order. The Buddha says, if this fails, go to this. So I give you five techniques you have to apply in that order. If this fails, go to this one. This fails, then, like that kind of thing. But the first techniques I gave you is about mindfulness. Mindfulness. It works whether it's triggered by the, the the emotion, whether it's pain or whatever. Doesn't matter. That's the way, because then you'll understand your thoughts. Then you'll see them arising and passing away, and you become wiser as you're watching your thoughts. And you start enjoying your movie, mental movie, right? <laughs> and then you have insight inside, uh, inside meditation because you have to go there also, not just become aware of thoughts. You have to be aware, are they rising? Are they passing away? Are they staying the same? And uh, what does, How do they affect my body? Because when you think, sometimes you feel tightness and all that. All that's part of investigation. My friend, Uh, I I wish I had more time, I would give you over 10 techniques how to do this. (laughs) But in in a short time, that's what I can offer, and a good thing I can bank on the excellent teachers you have here. That's why I kept on talking, then you can ask them, actually. They will answer, (laughs) better than me, maybe. (laughs) You have one there, I think there's also one I've never seen, it's called Gil, where's Gil? He's he's, in Europe. Oh, he's in Europe. I, mean, I didn't give a big session for Q&A because I know if you ask them, they'll answer probably the same way. <laughs> That's, but maybe they won't talk the same way because I have a different experience having stayed in Africa for over 20 years, Asia 10 years. years. So I had more experience here and there and there. I would give examples teaching in a prison and all that. That's what I wanted to kind of jazz up the talk basically. <laughs> but for, Q, for answering questions, they'll answer it, no problem. <laughs> So, I'm sorry I didn't give more time for. Okay, one little question, please give me time. <laughs> okay, I've seen even one yogi here. Have you ever seen you at Spirit Rock? You, who's looking backwards? You. Uh, Have you seen you at The Rock? Yes. And also you. I've seen you at The Rock, yeah. no. <laughs> <And also> you. <laughs> you, the rock. Uh-huh. you. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, because I've spent two years without seeing you, but I, I was seeing whether you're sisters or what or some Oh, great, that's why. <laughs> Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. just a last question. Could you um, talk about your own personal experience applying retracing because Sorry? I, could you talk about your own personal your own experience with applying retracing um, just because it it seems like retracing can be quite complicated like you gave a lot of roots but and maybe you've read about them in the sutras right. but it's not always apparent to a practitioner what the root of something is, and then to trace back to the mental movie, which has been conditioned. And (laughs) it it can be sort of like going down a rabbit hole, like from your own experience. (laughs) So can you talk about how you've effectively applied retracing in your own practice? Yes, yes. Actually, as the Buddha say, his teaching is like this, theory, practice, and realization. So of course I've read. That's why it's very important to read. You apply actually both the theory and the practice. It's like riding a boat. You have to do like this, like this, like this. So I have the theory and the practice. So these things I've offered to you, you still, you must, you have at least a theory about it so that you know what we call the psychological underpinnings behind these emotions. I've done in Burma, abhidhamma which is Buddhist psychology. Yes, it's very important to have something like that. Right, But there's no uh, no problem, even if you haven't read all that kind of thing. In my experience, really, okay, uh, as a young boy, uh, I, I used to walk, and then I, I hit my toe uh, on a stone. I always look backwards. What hit me? <laughs> right. Instead of walking. But I've seen people walking, actually, <laughs> and they leave the, the, the stumbling block there. <laughs> and then when they come, they knock on the same thing. Right? So for me, errors. whenever I knock my toe, I even I have it here, it doesn't have a nail, I was fed up of knocking my toe without knowing what say hit me. Every time I, kick, I knock my toe, I always look back what knocked me and remove it. So now in my experience, when I found out fear, right, fear, come to the body, feel it, and then I say, why am I fearing? Why do I have that intense fear? It's because I'm attached to my body right? I'm attached to this life. But then I say, oh, life is impermanent. Even when I hold on tenaciously to my life, at one day I will lose it. Then I found, oh, it is because I'm so much attached to my life, I don't want to let go. Then, once I do that, I'm telling you, it's amazing. The freedom, Yes, you can do it without having that prior knowledge. Uh, uh, if, if you have prior knowledge, that's very good. And then when I was in Thailand meditating in a cemetery, eh? in a cemetery, uh, and then I, these lions were coming and all this kind of thing. And then I, f- I felt some kind of fear that, okay, this lion is going to eat me because the thing was not crossed and branches were breaking and all these things. That, I mean and then the singer said, "Oh, you know, I'm a monk." I've done all good things. I haven't done things, bad things. <laughs> At least as a monk, I haven't done bad things. <laughs> and then I said, I have ordained my mother. She's a nun. Even if I die, she'll be there, <laughs> like holding the fort, you know, and keeping on the lineage. And I have some people who have become Buddhist and meditating. Then I go backwards and say, why actually am I actually, why is these fears arising? Maybe actually I'm, attach, I mean, I'm not connected with my different sensation. Then I start finding out different in things in the body, the tightness and all that, and I try to release that. Yes, you know the good thing about emotions eh? is that they, uh, with the body, they, it has kind of a biofeedback. If you, cannot, you don't have all that theori- theoretical background, go to the body. It will tell you whether you're angry or you have fear. And also the mind will tell you to start racing and then you, uh, you, you start to feel uptight and all those things. Yes, so don't go so much and get, start creating more thoughts. When you, go, you are retracing, don't get lost in the thought. I've told you, go at least maybe to find out the, 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 spring, uh, the springboard behind. Once you go to find the immediate springboard, then actually you are going to break through. Because now you are so much attached to fear, oh, am i am not going to die? But once you go backwards and you go, see the show behind, it will actually will melt. It's like a film, and it's there, and then all people are crying and all that. But you go to the projector and find out there's nothing going on, actually. <laughs> you say, what's the relief? <laughs> you say, people actually laugh and, die and cry. and say, why? They're lost, basically. But when you sidestep that, and you're not, just one step backwards, You may not go back as I've gone because of my theoretical background. Just go one step behind, you tell me. That's enough. Yes. (laughs) Okay, thank you very much for your question, my friends. I enjoyed your presence here. And uh, uh, thank you very much for inviting me, uh, the the management of IMC. And uh, we'll keep in touch. (laughs) Thank you very much. May you enjoy your thoughts (laughs) and think selectively.